Welcome. Right. Welcome, everybody, to the Facebook Business Lounge, where we are uh, joined today by David Bell from Zero, the Director of Business Growth. Uh, today, we've got David sharing with us a few slides and uh, some information on the economic impact that we've all experienced in the last year or so, and, uh, and then a Q&A afterwards. So if you're watching this live in the Business Lounge, please do post your questions uh, in the comments here, and I've got Max uh, ably joining me to help me. So um, thank you, David, for joining us on this. I'm very excited to have you here. It's a pleasure. Looking forward to it. It's a privilege to be able to talk to your customers, so just looking forward to it. Excellent. No, thank you. Um, and just quickly, uh, for those that don't already know a bit about David, um, so David's an experienced growth leader with a demonstrated history of working in the capital markets and technology industries, um, also skilled in digital strategy and competitive differentiation, payments, trading, strategic leadership, um, and also a strong research professional, and even graduated from uh, Stanford School of Business. So, uh, you know, quite the, uh, quite the capable chap. I'm thrilled to have you, uh, have you with me. Now, David, would you like me to kick into the slides now? Yeah, that'd be great. And just while you do that, Rick, I'll just give a summary as to where some of this data has come from. So this is the uh, Zero Small Business Insights data. Um, and it is effectively the pool of all the data that sits in the Zero systems for anonymized aggregated data for New Zealand. Um, so that's how we collect it together. Um, so it is the summary of uh, the customers of New Zealand sitting on the Zero platform. Okay, excellent. Thank you. Great. So shall I just rip into it, Ray? Yeah. Right. So, um, I've just got three things I thought would be the most useful to give you a summary of where we're at um, here in New Zealand. Um, and the first thing I'd like to say is that what's really exciting is that these figures are reasonably benign, um, which means they're not crazy um, in either direction. Um, I think for us to be sitting at a 1.5 year in year growth um, in, in business revenue um, after the period that we've had is just an incredible outcome for New Zealand. We're on the positive side of the ledger. Um, we should give ourselves a little bit of a cup eye in the back and just go, you know, well done, because it's just it's just an astounding outcome. And if you think that all of us went to the beach and on holiday for fundamentally January, um, which is where you see that dip in uh, 0.2 and then we sort of came out of it in February 1.5, um, I think we've done an incredible job and we should be really proud of ourselves. The question now is, is what's next? Um, but great, great result from New Zealand. Um, and we've got, I would consider a really nice platform now to work with in 2021. Next slide, please, Rick. The other encouraging thing is around payment time. So we know that cash flow is king in situations of uncertainty, um, when supply chains are really complex right now and understanding where your money is and who owes you and who you need to pay. Um, I think it's a really interesting and really um, awesome position that we're seeing an improvement in payment terms. It really makes a difference for small business to have decent payment terms in a cash flow environment. So this is just really great to see that we've come down from um, 30 days at the peak down to 24, which is one short of 25 when we went into the pre-crisis period. Um, so it's a really great outcome. Just some things that we've seen off the back of this data, um, people are still making choices on who they pay and when. 
So those that are simpler to be paid, you are getting paid earlier if you're making yourself easier to be paid. So think about how you do your invoices. Think about um, your ability to get paid via credit cards or other forms of instruments in market using the likes of a payment gateway such as Stripe or GoGardless. Really think about how your business is getting paid because those that are easier to be paid are being paid faster um, or paid at all. The other one is think about who you pay and when. Um, the really interesting thing, again, is when the supply chains from a global supply chain is quite disrupted at the moment, um, you'll have seen in stores that some shelves don't have all the supply. My son's massively into mountain biking. You can't find mountain biking parts in New Zealand right now, and in fact, globally. Um, so supply chains are really difficult um, across a lot of industries. So really think about who you pay, because if you pay your suppliers on time or even early, they're more likely to deliver to you than the person down the road. So you need to be on top of your suppliers and who you pay um, is something to be really conscious of. Next slide, please. Unemployment is holding up, which is, again, so, so encouraging um, in the sense of employment is holding up, sorry, which is so encouraging. So if we look at where we're at, um, down point one, um, some seasonal pieces coming through. The lockdowns in Auckland in particular did have an impact. What we did see, though, that was um, some people weren't paid but remained employed. Um, it's an interesting thing that's come also into the Aussie um, snap lockdowns that they've had. In some of our hospitality workers in frontline retail environments, um, people have kept their job, but they might not have been paid in various different formats. Um, so um, whenever we have seen some dips um, in the employment number, we have seen it bounce back really fast. Um, but overall, we're in a reasonably strong employment position overall, and we've seen some people retrain nicely, um, but there's no doubt that there are certain sectors where this is genuinely under pressure, and I think we appreciate that is hospitality, retail, tourism, um, that are having to fight pretty hard still. So my, my summary of this, Rick, to be honest with you, is that New Zealand is going into 2021 with a genuine situation of a robust um, platform um, that we can work with and make some good decisions in the year ahead. Um, so there we go. That's my short summary of the three main factors we thought were important for New Zealand. Excellent. Thank you very much for that, David. And um, yeah, I can, uh, a couple of your uh, stories there, I can certainly um, uh, agree with. I popped into a bike shop the other day looking to get some, uh, well, initially looking to get my brakes fixed. I was told that's impossible. And then, um, great, I'll buy some. And I was told, no, you won't. There are none in the country. So <laughs> yeah, it's uh, these supply chain businesses, um, you know, I mean, how, how tough is that? Well, you've got customers walking in through the door, but they can't even spend money with you because you can't get the product. It's pretty challenging when there's demand, um, but you don't have supply. Something I just don't think, you know, for being frank, we've maybe experienced since um, our parents were in the post-war period, to be honest with you. We've, we might have to go back that far to find a point where you just generally couldn't get the right food on the table or the right, um, um, or the choice of, 
item. You know, at the moment, housing, house building is being held up um, because you can't get glass for windows or you can't get white goods into the kitchen. So the, you may have all the other bets, but you can't continue the project because certain parts of the supply chain, the way you construct a house just isn't available. Um, and you walk into a white goods shop now, you're having to book four to six months out to get fridges and cooktops. It's just the way it is. Wow, it's a brand new set of challenges, isn't it, that businesses are facing, despite, like you said, the numbers aren't looking bad, uh, but we're still going to be experiencing some pretty unique, unique problems coming to soon, so. Mm. Yeah, I, I do think it's, you know, my, my interesting, I always think this way, um, I'm relentlessly curious, is, is, is how can New Zealand sneak itself into some supply chains here you know we've, we've sent a lot of our good production offshore we've got some really talented people um there are people here who are still searching for jobs um and and career change um who 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 here is in a position where their their skill set allows them to adapt and could pivot into a supply chain where there's now genuine gap and do it better locally um and then look to grow into the offshore supply chain themselves but i i, I just wonder if people are here who are in manufacturing are just smart people that know how to do this stuff i haven't a clue but um it's i just would love to see um new zealanders insert themselves into some of these supply chain gaps uh, and think differently about how we use our own um, natural resources. Um, I heard recently that we send um, sheepskins off to tanneries in China to then bring them back and sell them in our town and, Queens and in Queenstown. I don't understand that and it creates supply chain issues. So it's just stuff like that. I, I sit here and go, how can we do that differently and more profitably for New Zealand? Yeah, absolutely. Can, uh, this has been a debate for years, hasn't it? How can we control more of the supply chain, add more of the value into the product? Um, trees, I think, are probably um, some of our, our worst examples where as soon as they're ready, we chop them down and ship them. Uh, we can do a lot more than just grow them here. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, you've got some amazing customers in your base um, and there are, some, again, some really smart people and it's how do we bring those people together um, so, you know, when we do have these structural challenges within the business at the large scale number for New Zealand, what can we do by just working together and being collaborative and finding solutions? We do actually have the capability in NZ. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, we've proven that over the years. It's, you know, now's the time. So back to, we do have a platform for opportunity here. There is money available. Um, there are businesses that have done well. How can we link people in? Um, and do it. So I, I hope that we can keep advocating and challenging for that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, now, a, a couple of things that we'd had, um, a couple of questions that we'd had as well come through, um, and I suppose coming back to that small business side and where we're looking at the data, uh, that, uh, or thinking back at the slides we've just looked at. So how can these small businesses use stats use these um you know what's going on around them being aware of that to improve the business performance nationally both looking at their own businesses but like you say other businesses in their um in their supply chain so i think i mean it's a bit of what we just discussed there around the um look where the gaps in supply chain and how you can take advantage of moments the other one would be um follow rivers of money 
um, and opportunities. So where the government's putting in resource, um, if you can if you can amplify and double down in those areas, follow it. Um, so um, if you're in the tourism business, uh, an example of a friend, um, he was in the, what I would call the luxury um, guided tour business down in Central um, and had two very, very, very Land Rover discoveries, um, top end luxury, um, totally orientated at the US and Chinese high end market. Um, he's pivoted into um, weddings because weddings are happening here. And so he probably will go back to luxury tourism when it comes back. But for the moment, he's into wedding cars because all the vineyards are, are pumping the concept of weddings locally in the, in the central area. So it's just stuff like that is um, look for where the money is right now. So businesses are open for weddings. We can have group business. He, ca he can't get people in from offshore. Insert yourself and pivot into that. So use the data around where money is going or influence is going and, and chase it. Great. Yeah. And that's it. Money is still spinning around, isn't it, in our economy? So, and it's pretty visible. Yeah. Um, and if you don't know where it is, these, you know, ask people. You know, if you're fighting, you need to ask questions, find that there are, you know, walk around your town. I mean, I was in Queenstown over Easter. It is evident who's doing well and who's not. You can visibly watch it and um, just pop into the person that's got a full restaurant at a full bar and say, what are you doing differently? And to be honest with you, copy, um, because um, there, there's there's enough to go around. We call that R&D. It's called yeah, uh, so yeah, rip off and duplicate. Yeah, and <laughs> it's been a business model for a long time. It's just, you know, no one's stealing patents in that, so. Yeah, and um, in the data that we just looked at, David, are there any hidden warnings that small businesses should be planning for? Yeah, definitely, Rick. Um, and I think it's something we do. So whilst I've been saying we've got a really strong foundation, there is definitely some air pockets. So if I look at the, the, the revenue data that was the first slide I took you through, we, we can um, bring that into subsets within industry sectors. Um, and if I look at the areas that are, I think we're all pretty aware of are doing well being housing and housing influenced uh, market. So um, rising house prices, um, are creating a net wealth effect. Um, the lack of global travel is creating a cash flow effect. Um, and when you marry those up, there's been very powerful as we know. Um, so if you were in the professional services area supporting house purchase and house um, renovation right now, you're doing very well. Um, so, you know, um, people that are doing land, building, surveying and um, pricing and valuations, like the lawyers, going super well um, then that sort of cascades into the builders and the tradies and and, and etc and then into the retail that is relevant so um, as I said um, white goods are out of supply because they're in such hot demand etc with furnishings so that that whole housing ecosystem is on fire and and I think will remain despite some of the um, efforts of the government to slow it down move outside of that the Samir pockets definite so um, tourism is still struggling to um, marry up to the domestic demand um, and the, those that have done it well and the, those that are just really struggling to change. Um, and, and even then, the cycles are still quite small with domestic tourism. So Easter happened, but what happened on the day, on Tuesday, everyone went back. And, and you know, Queenstown emptied out. I stayed till Tuesday, but Queenstown ended, emptied out Monday afternoon by three. Um, 
and so the poor operators are, you know, they're back to the boats sitting, the jet boats, you know, are not going as hard. So look, there's definite air pockets outside of the housing segment in my mind. Um, and global supply chain um, troubles are definitely hitting hard for those that matter. Um, so it's really important um, that we understand that um, and, and look to support those and, and help. But at the same time, those people need to get curious and, and make some decisions um, because actually sitting there just asking for help isn't going to um, necessarily be your only answer. Um, you're going to have to be brave. And I know that's a hard thing to say, but you are going to have to be brave. One other challenge I'd heard, well, we're talking about um, Queenstown in particular as well, is how on earth does a, a town of that size with nearly no locals gear up for 50,000 people landing in for three days and then leaving again? Uh, how can you get your jet boat operator? Because they might not be there. How can you get the person that's going to make coffee? or clean the, the, the um, hotel rooms. Yeah. Some real challenges around people. Yeah, and so it's quite interesting. So we were speaking to all things through relationships we have here. Um, the Hahe General Store in the Coromandel. Um, so a young couple have taken that over. Um, they're in their early to mid thirties. And they actually are what I would call classic entrepreneurs. So that's one of their few businesses that they have. But that exact example is now really key. So that you know the shoulders are no longer smooth; they're cliffs. Um, you know, so where there was international tourism that was there midweek, um, when New Zealand takes a long weekend or an Easter break or a weekend uh, and goes out and does stuff, we all return to work on Monday and etc. So the shoulders are really hard um what they're doing to answer that question i thought was interesting so the young actually are in general demand but the old aren't so they've gone to fitianga and they have gone around the older community of fitianga and said how can you help would you like to work for a weekend would you like some pocket money um and they've rallied and so they're now using older people to make sure the, st the stores start that they have a supply chain for, for all of their goods for that weekend. They've got the older people manning the ice cream stand. So when it is carnage, they've got supply of, st of staff to make that happen. And, and, you know, I think that's the smart. They went to literally the retirement homes and knocked on doors and said, who would be up for it? I think that's cool. All right. If that's what it takes, that's what it takes. Because you're damn right. 50,000 people landing in Queensland. It was bedlam on Saturday afternoon down there. It was it was busier than I've, I think, ever seen it. Um, and that's hard work to manage. Yeah, that's fantastic. And what, what an example, hey, of um, thinking outside the square and getting yeah. in to do that. Um, I was a, yeah, I was having a conversation with somebody earlier uh, in our organisation who was talking about hiring. And, um, you know, he just said to me, hiring the, the, the right person at the wrong time is far better than the, uh, the wrong person at the right time. And so, and, you know, as people come and, and go, uh, we just, you really need them. And it's so challenging, isn't it? So. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting opportunity. So there is the highest ever brain gain happening in New Zealand right now. Um, so we can see it through the data as well with the new businesses that are being started up. Those new businesses that are being started up are growing faster than most normal startup businesses because the people doing them are very experienced and quite often they're very cashed up. So they are people coming home from the UK who went for their OE and stayed for 10 years 
um, who have gone stuff this and coming home, but they're coming home with several hundred thousand plus dollars in the pocket ready to splash, and they're setting up a business and going to full noise straight up because they know what they're doing. And so we're seeing some talent come back. We're seeing people who are coming back and searching for roles. Grab them if you've got the money in the bank account. Um, having a talent-rich environment in your workplace right now will pay huge dividends in the year ahead. And we'll, I think we'll come to some of that in a minute. But it's um, definitely grab talent. Macquarie Bank and Aussie in their peak um, would always hire people ahead of the role that was available um, if it was the right fit. Yeah. Always. Yeah, fantastic. No, that's great. Um, the, you know, we talk about it, we, we dance around it a little bit. So what is the power then that people can unlock in their small business by understanding this data? Um, what, what are their opportunities? Where else can we see this evident? I think the... Um... I, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a sailing absolute fanatic. That and Formula One are my two weaknesses. Um, and the reason being is both of them can be quite boring, but strategically they're fascinating. And when you've got such high-end innovation, um, um, very, very broad and diverse inputs of teams and partners working with them, they're, 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 they're crazy setups in those Formula One teams and the, and the sailing teams. And when... Um, Tiaratai, the boat, um, the New Zealand boat, has 12,000 sensors on it. Um, it's, it's pretty incredible, the amount of real-time data. And, and if you happen to see the chase boats that were behind that were taking the data off the boat and the banks of computers that they had on them, um, to be able to do real-time analysis of the boat was insane. But then what, then what happened during the cup was is they were the experienced people running their own business, but we became armchair warriors of how to sell uh, flying um, 75 foot yacht right and 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 they called it i watched the i didn't watch the tv and Z, I watched the youtube um coverage but um they had the um what they called the worm which was the data that showed how quickly the boat accelerated out of turns and where it dropped down to and the speeds in all the turns and conditions and they could compare the two boats like like in real time as we were watching tv and we would then, as, as, as armchair sailors, criticise the teams for how they were sailing. How ridiculous is that, right? And But the thing was, is that they, the, the, the Kiwi boat wasn't really set up for those light wind positions. Um, the Italian boat was, but within seven days, they were able to turn it down by watching that data. And if they hadn't been able to turn that down and turn it around and watch that data, there's no way that they would have won. The, 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 the Italian boat was faster in those conditions that we were racing. And they had to pull it out of the bag. It wasn't, it wasn't an easy win. And that to me, you've got to look at that, who are the pinnacle of sport or the pinnacle of anything you love, whether it be an orchestra or whatever. You need to watch them and learn. And so to me, that data fitness that they have, they had 12,000 sensors on their business. You have data in the way you, you, if you use technology, you have data that is, has the ability to be real time. You need to look at it. Because as we've talked about, um, pulling levers is really critical right now. We have an opportunity to do well. Um, you need to pull the, the bravery I mentioned is about pulling those levers. And if you don't know which one to pull, you'll pull the wrong one. And that might be okay in the short term, but you need to know you've pulled the wrong one pretty quick so you can put it back and pull another one. So doing things for too long, it's all right to make mistakes. Trial and error is going to be key right now, but you need to 
be done fit. So get on top of it, start to become an armchair warrior in your own business um, and look for those opportunities in the patterns of your data that actually allows you to make a really good decision. And I think what you're saying there is the option of doing nothing isn't there if you want to survive. Um, I don't believe so, no. The option of doing nothing in Team New Zealand believing that their boat was a fast boat and hoping for fast wind, that's a, that's a strategy of hope and uh, and a redundant boat that doesn't deliver for you in the time they would have lost if they continued to be the way and we'd have all given them, excuse my French, but shit, right? Um, as a nation, but they'd have failed us. Um, if you fail, you're failing your family, your team. Um, it's not okay, right? So yeah, you've got to make decisions. You've got to be brave and you've got to have the data to do it. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Um, and so, look, what would be, if, if you're talking here to an audience of uh, small business owners, they do have the, the data. You know, each of our clients that's in the group will have zero. Um, they'll have business performance tools in there, the snapshot, the data days. Um, what are a couple of super simple things that they should be, they should, you know, log off now and go zoom, dive into zero um, and go do? It it's, it's, it's habits. We, we had a presentation from a person just the other day around the one percenters. So um, I constantly fight weight. Um, and it's stuff that is totally solvable if I was to put some discipline into my life. But it's, it's stuff we all know is, you know, don't have bad food in the cupboard. Um, go and do your exercise regularly. It doesn't have to be much. Just do it often more, you know. So to, for me, it's create business habits um, that are sustainable. So don't try and change the world. Just do something that is going to incrementally get you there. Um, and, and so what do I mean by something like that? Um, if the data in your systems isn't renewed often, it's effectively like driving down a road at nighttime with the lights off, you're going to hit a tree, right? So put the lights on. And what I mean by that is get the data into a system that can present you in a reasonable time frame. Um, optimal is real time or daily. Realistic could be weekly. Um, at worst to me is monthly, but some people are doing bi-monthly GST returns and that's the last time they saw their data in their business and they're doing the rest of intuition and, and what I would call the experience curve of the business owner. And they're not necessarily really being truly on top of their full data picture. So try to get to do the habit of, of getting your data into whatever technology system you use, whether it be Zero or anybody else. Uh, it could be your point of sale system. It could be your e-commerce system. doesn't matter. Um, just get it in, get it real time and start to look at it. If you don't want to do it because you just don't enjoy it, get someone to do it for you and tell you. Um, so whether that's a bookkeeper, accountant, ask them to do it. And by the way, that is good use of your money to pay them to do so. Yeah. So I think get, getting the data in the system is really critical and doing it often. Get curious. Funny you mentioned that. Yeah, we've had two clients this week who, well, one existing and one joining us doing exactly that. They're just going, right, I need the data right now. I'm not good at it or I hate it. Right. Uh, you know, they like the, uh, the ostrich. They do enjoy putting their head in the sand and hoping that uh, these numbers disappear. But uh, it's now cheap and easy to do that stuff throughout yeah. It's like a lot of stuff we don't we don't all expect to be marketing experts. We'll typically go and engage a marketing company to work with us, and we can do the same with our admin, bookkeeping, accounting, reporting. Mm. Yeah, so loads of people with you know SEO and 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 the data analytics can come out of your marketing. Don't blindly spend money on marketing because your cost of acquisition of the next customer is just going to go through the roof.
um, you know, the system is kind of set up a little bit to bleed your cash in that. So you need to be on top of the data and take some advice. You need to know pretty quickly if something's not working and stop it. And if something is happening, how you boost it um, and how you double down. So it, just sitting back and saying, oh, I do social marketing, that's not enough. All right. Um, you need to be engaged with where your money's going and um, where the returns are on that money. Just putting a photo up on Instagram um, isn't enough. It's a start, but it's not enough. Um, and it won't create you that platform for success if you don't get into it. And if you don't know how to do it, find someone who does. And that is good use of money. Excellent. Thank you so much, Look, David. I um, yeah, really appreciate your time and joining us here. Uh, I think this has been a great video, so I hope everyone's really enjoyed it in the Business Lounge. Uh, we will be posting it on YouTube as well, uh, and I better start looking at the stats and make sure that it's working for us. So <laughs> thank you yeah. so much, David. Yeah, I don't like doing it. The wife runs the, the, the money day-to-day -day at home. I get told what I'm allowed to spend. That's just the way we work. So it's, it's, it's definitely something that's just so important. If you don't like doing it, find somebody who does. Perfect. Thank cool. you very much on that. Thank you. And uh, yeah, thank you, everyone. Wish you all the best. Good luck out there.